Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson broadcasting, as always, from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel around the state on Super Talk Affiliates and, of course, online. We appreciate you tuning in. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation is going to join us here in just a couple of moments. Lots of stuff to catch up on regarding Southern Miss Athletics. Opening segment of the show sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the best barbecue you will find anywhere. They cook it seven days a week. You can dine in-house. You can have it delivered to your house. Or you can go through the drive through pick it up, take it home, enjoy it. However you decide to enjoy it. Just be sure you do. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we appreciate them very, very much. Kelly Sander will be uh, joining the show a little later, but we're going to start off today with the owner and operator of Big Gold Nation, the one and only Heath Hinton. And Heath, how are you this Tuesday? I'm great, guys. How are you doing this this wonderful uh, Tuesday? Well, we're good. It's a pretty day outside, and uh, hope that it stays that way. No more afternoon rain for a while, but always glad to have you on the show, Heath. Uh, football practice uh, kicking off tomorrow on the Southern Miss campus. Yeah, they're starting tomorrow. Uh, Going to be a little different uh, atmosphere at practice. Only, well, I guess maybe for us people who cover Southern Miss, it's only. Uh, Players and staff only on the field because of COVID situation, and uh, you know, but they're going to work with us to get us interviews and things like that. So, uh, knowing Jack Duggan, good of a job as he does, uh, they'll they'll help us get the information out. But yeah, practice starts tomorrow. Going to be excited to see uh, who's on campus, um, what players they picked up, who uh, offensive line, who's going to play that open tackle position. Uh, a lot of things on this offense. Look at the new JUCO wide receivers that are going to have to fill the void for Quez leaving. And, and you know, it's the Michael Harris gone who's going to step up at running back. Uh, found out that, you know, there's a couple of players that have moved positions. Former running back, a uh, young man from the coast, has uh, moved to linebacker supposedly. So I'd be interested to see how, what happens there. There's just a lot of things to look forward to at camp and seeing how this uh, version of Southern Miss is going to turn out. All right, let's uh, let's get past the bad stuff and then we'll move on. Are there? It, it almost seems hard to believe in light of the news we hear all over the country about colleges and the COVID problems that they're having. Have there been any positive tests for COVID nineteen on the Southern Miss campus you're aware of, Heath? Once again, uh, you know, they're not big on releasing information on uh, medical information for Southern Miss. So uh, not liberty to say anything. Um, I think they've handled the COVID situation very well at Southern Miss. And, you know, I believe everybody's going to be at practice tomorrow. So uh, some 
some good news on that front. I don't think uh, COVID's going to hold anybody back from practice. All right, Luke. Uh, we we talked uh, yesterday to Jack uh, Heath, and and it is unique. You you want to expose your football team and your practices to recruits to to uh, obviously the media to other people. Does that affect Southern Miss at all? Just by the fact uh, that their, their practices, uh, high school coaches or you know high school players won't be able to to see that. Uh, does that affect Southern Miss at all in twenty twenty, or you know it's just kind of par for the course with everybody? I mean, it's par for the course with everybody, but it does affect Southern Miss. You know, Southern Miss has been big on let's get the guys in, let's do some camps, and, and then let's uh, you know let's find out who we really want to go after. Well, right now they can't do camps. They can't get them into practice. They can't get a look at them in person. So recruiting right now is a little difficult because they can't see everything they need to with the with the seniors and the JUCO guys. So it's turning recruiting into more of a regional thing where you're going to recruit more in the region now. I don't see them going out as much and going to visit players in different states as much because of the travel restrictions. So I think you're going to see a lot more recruiting regionally and in the Pine Belt area, maybe a lot more than they have in the past. That's good news for uh, for local fans. We've always wanted uh, Southern Miss to, to recruit local. All right, you talked about TQ Newsom from Gulfport High School. He goes to the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be a linebacker. Uh, that helps the uh, running back room just a smidgen. But, man, there's some, some uh, explosive running backs on this roster, there's a lot of good running backs on this roster. Who is going to be maybe one or two guys that are going to instantly impress or who are going to be at the top of the, the depth chart or, in your opinion, will be the talking point of the backfield in the next two weeks? Oh, wow. Uh, there's a lot of good candidates. Some guys I would really look at would be um, Ragsdale. Ragsdale's that type of running back we have a lot of bigger guys and we have a lot of a lot of smaller scat backs so to stay say well we don't have that we haven't had that in between running back i'm really anxious to see ragsdale hit the field i'm anxious to see uh frank Gore jr hit the field let's see what mosley does after you know he had an injury plague season uh d brown's fast of course you got your big thumpers and perkins and steven anderson uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that running back and seeing how they develop and seeing how that rotation works out with a new offensive coordinator who, if you've watched film on him, he likes to run the football and he likes to get north and south. Very, very – as he likes to go north and south rather than you've seen Southern Miss yeah. with the pitches that get the ball to the outside. He wants to get north and south and get in the seam. So it's going to be interesting to see how that running back core develops and how the rotation develops with the new offensive coordinator in place. All right, Bob, he, I know your uh, your most important question is, are there going to be any bubble screens, right, Bob? Yeah, they're not. They're not, are there, Heath? Bubble screens are not in the playbook, correct? Uh, yes. They're never, ne- I wouldn't say they'll never throw one. I'm not sure about that, but I don't think you're going to see the amount of bubble screens you've had in the past. Thank God. If you There's... do, I think, I think then, <laughs> you know, they're getting – because he just never – you watch film on uh, Coach Kubik's offenses, and the bubble screen is not a big not a big uh, play in his repertoire Good. that he likes to develop. So 
I don't yeah, think he was right, a big a play bit, in anybody's repertoire <laughs> of Southern Miss the last two years. That's exactly Yeah. That's we're, exactly we like the right. bubble screens, that's for sure. Oh, we so. love them. No qu- now, look, yeah. i got to ask you this. I, I think it all starts on the line. Luke likes to refer to these guys as the fat boys. How good are the fat boys going to be this year for Southern Miss? Will, will we see improvement there? I think you will. I think if you look at last season, they started running the ball so much better towards the end of the season. I don't think there was any question that they got better as the season went along. Um, I think with returning four starters on that offensive line that have played together a lot, I think you're going to see a better running game. I mean, you start looking at some of these offensive linemen that you have coming back. Uh, Trace Clopton. you got Arvin Fletcher, uh, Foxworth, Kalik Washington. And then you take in the instance uh, you got, say, a Trey Johnson or a Cameron King who's going to be a redshirt sophomore. Paul, um, as I said, Bryce Foxworth. Uh, Coker Wright's a guy they're looking at playing that left tackle position if he can. He's very athletic. So uh, I think the offensive line is going to be in pretty good shape this year. I think they're going to be a lot better. And, you know, it'll – It'll show the way they're running the football the first few games, but I do believe this offensive line, just for the fact that they played together a lot and uh, it's a very much uh, a veteran offensive line, I, I don't think it can do nothing but get better at this point. All right, Luke. Defense. Um, Tony's back leading the defense. Is it going to be Tony's version of Jay Hobson? Or are we going to see what we what we saw from uh, – from from Coach Tony before, or are there any any things in the last couple of years as he's been away from Southern Miss Heath that you see maybe new to the Southern Miss defense? No, I think you're going to see what you saw the first uh, couple of years he was here with Hop. Um, I don't think there's any reason to change it. Southern Miss has uh, had their best defenses under Hop when Coach Pack was here, so I don't think you're going to see any changes from that side. I think you've got a pretty strong front seven coming back. I think you've got some some young men who can step in and and really uh, play immediately on that defensive front as a pass rusher, linebacker, like R.V. Hobbes. Uh, that kid is just, when you look at him, he is uh, he's just fast, big, agile. I, I'm hearing nothing but good things out of workouts from him. You know, you, it's going to be it's going to be interesting on the defensive side of the ball because sure they're going to have a few positions to fill, but in that secondary, but they have a lot of uh, players, a lot of talent, and I want to see if Coach Peck, if he comes in, if that secondary is going to be better because we all know that that secondary was supposed to be a strength of this team, and it really wasn't. And so that's the biggest thing I'm going to see with with Coach Peck coming back. How's that secondary going to look this year? All right, we're going to take a break. Heath, come back. We don't have any bumper music. We've got a clock issue here, but we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Keith Hinton, Big Gold Nation, as the Eagle Hour continues. And welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. We're glad you're with us. We're talking to Keith uh, Heath Hinton, who is, of course, the owner of Big Gold Nation. Second segment of the show sponsored by our good friends down at Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. Uh, they've got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel. I bet Heath can attest to that. You can shop six days a week. 
uh, Monday through Saturday at their store right across the street from the Southern Miss campus, or you can go online to campusbookmart.net and they will hook you up. All right, uh, again, talking to Heath Hinton. Heath, uh, we talked a lot about football. I'm going to let you finish your thought uh, about football, and then I'd like to uh, get an update on basketball because I understand the uh, the basketball guys are back as well. Yeah, it's uh, Coach Ladner's just uh, he's just completed their first few practices with the team, and they have a couple of weeks off. So uh, they're really excited about that. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But just to finish off about uh, football right quick, I really do think this is probably Coach uh, Hobson's most physically talented team he's had since being at Southern Miss. The question is, will it all come together this year? And I don't think that's the biggest issue Southern Miss fans have had. It's the issue of the team coming together. And let's see if we can't turn that good start like they had last year. Let's see if we can't have it. If things don't fall apart like it did last year, big things could be in the uh, works for Southern Miss. Right. Disappointing into the season, I think that's fair to say, uh, last year. Yeah. But uh, right now, Heath, everybody's undefeated in Conference USA, right? And everybody has a chance to win the conference championship. That's right. So uh, it's a new year, and uh, Southern Miss fans expect Southern Miss to be in the conference championship game. They expect them to be in bowl games every year. So, uh, you know, the fans have uh, the fans have their expectations, and they're not different. Well, now here's where there are a lot of expectations and a lot of excitement after the recruiting class of basketball. So uh, tell us where the basketball program is right now. And, uh, boy, if there's optimism anywhere, that's where it has to be right at the moment. Sure. i tell you a funny story I was told. Uh, Javarzia Bolton is a center that Coach Ladner got out of Hickory, North Carolina. The young man's 6'10", 275 pounds, and he is a, uh, he's a, he's a physical specimen, uh, 3% body fat. He went over to the Duff Athletic Center to, uh, to do his physical and different things. When he was over there, it sounded like the football coaches wanted to play football all of a sudden. <laughs> Just a uh, physical, impressive young man. Um, but, yeah, there there's so much to be excited for with Southern Miss and the basketball team, especially with what Coach Ladner and his staff did uh, coming in to uh, just the way they recruited. You look at DeAndre Pinckney, a young man out of Miami, Florida, 6'8", 205, uh, Justin Johnson, another guard, six seven two twelve. These are four guard combos that can play both. Um, Javarzia Belton, I said, Jerron Pierre, who Coach Ladner really believes that if he stays here four years, could be one of the best to ever play at Southern Miss. Hmm. And then a, a Tay Hardy, who, as far as being a leader coming in, this is a guy who took it upon himself to get to know every uh, basketball player that was coming into Southern Miss and talked to him. He said he's been – uh, more than could be expected because of just his leadership abilities. So I think this team is just, there's nowhere to go but up, especially when you look at what they have coming back uh, to, with this men's basketball team. I mean, this is a this is a team that does return some guys. You, you look at Archer Knotsuk, uh, Jay Malone's back, Drain, Tyler Stevenson. So there are some pieces there that are in place that, added to these young kids this could be an exciting year this could be a turnaround year for southern miss what are the what are realistically though the expectations heath what what would what would um 
What would be a basketball season that meets all ex- realistic expectation? I think with this team, you're looking to finish uh, in the in the top ten of Conference USA, make the basketball tournament, maybe win a game, uh, just grow, and then the next year, that's where this team is going to be really good. You look at what Coach Ladner did at Southeast Louisiana, it was the same thing. You know, his first year was kind of tough. Second year, uh, they made some strides, and then the third year, I think they ended up winning, or maybe it was the fourth. But he he just – it's it's a growth process. And he knows they're young, and he knows it's going to take time. But I think this team – I think expectations are let's, let's win some games that we didn't win last year, and let's have uh, – let's make the tournament, the, right. the Conference USA tournament. Right, right. Luke? When you look at who's returning, Heath, I mean, I think Stevenson is a for-sure starter. He, I mean, he was unbelievable last year. Um, I, I, I think Jay Malone could play the, the point some, but I'm, I'm looking at maybe three of the five starters, Drain maybe, maybe Drain and Stevenson, but I, I really don't see anybody else replacing Pinckney, Justin, or, uh, or Tay Hardy. No, I, I don't either. I think you're going to have three new starters. And one thing that is going to help with that is, is Drain is not going to have to work to make his shot anymore. In the past, he had last year he had to play totally different than he's ever had to play before. He's a spot-up guy that uh, likes to have the ball fed to him to shoot. Last year they tried to make him create his own shot because they pretty much had to because of the talent level. This year I think you're going to see Drain have a huge bounce-back season to where he can come off those picks, get the ball fed to him and shot and shoot because – of the better point guard play. I mean, Jay Malone was really coming into his own last year. And then you got Tay Hardy and Jay Malone now. Uh, you're going to have a really good one-two combo at the point guard. So I think that you're going to see a lot better play from uh, Drain. And, look, Stevenson has done nothing but get better every year. His growth from uh, two years ago to last year was one of the one of the most amazing things I've seen at Southern Miss basketball last year. It was leaps and bounds how much he grew in a year. How much is he going to grow till his junior year this year? I think he could be a kid that you're looking to be a double-double every night, almost like he was last year. So uh, with those two guys and Jay kind of backing up at point, and don't forget Archer cannot, can play a power forward position. This is a guy that who's still learning the uh, game in the U.S. basketball game, he's going to be nothing but better. You've got the Mark Jackson kid coming in from Russia who is uh, just a flat-out – he can he can snipe. Uh, he's a shooter, 6'7", 220-pound kid out of Russia that is just a – he's a marksman at the three-point line. I mean, there are pieces here that, you know, if things go right and Southern Miss wins some games, you never know what could happen. There we go. Luke, take it over. I'm going to let you take I, us out, Luke. I, feel, I have no clock. Okay. I feel like uh, with Belton redshirting, because obviously he's got to mature more, they're, they're not going to really focus on having a center. It's, it gives you an option where you can have a point and true uh, maybe two or three wings and, and maybe a, a guy underneath. But I, I really feel like they've got options with Malone, like you just said, with Malone and Hardy. Um up top, uh, another guy that we kind of got forgot in the in the mix because he was injured. Injured, uh, I think his wrist last year. Angel Smith was a kid, top twenty recruit from Florida, and he figures to be able to play some this year too. 
Sure, forgot all about Angel, but yeah, you're talking another guy who played a little bit last year, hurt himself. You're right. He's going to be a guy, you know, six five, two hundred pounds that can. It's kind of a slash. He could probably play a small four position, but he's a guard. You know, you look at these, you look at all these kids, you look at their height. This is a longer team. It's the length of the team that Southern Miss has had in a long time. When was the last time, you know, everybody on the floor for Southern Miss is going to be, you know, 6'4 or taller? That's not happened at Southern Miss in a long time. Even with Doc Sadler, he didn't have that. So um, I, I just think that they're doing a great job of recruiting. They're doing a great job of getting guys back from injury. And I think, you know, as I said before, Luke, um, if they have some things go their way in basketball, uh, they could they could make a little noise in basketball in Conference USA this year. I think they can, too. I think they will win. Uh, I, th- I think they won't have to fade down the stretch because they'll be able to swap uh, so many guys in because, because of depth. Is Jay concerned at all that there's going to be a delay with uh, with COVID? Uh, you know, people have been talking that uh, basketball may not start till January. Is he concerned at all um, if you knock out a non-conference? It doesn't really allow this team to gel as much. And uh, has he said anything on that front? No, I don't think he's. I think he Jay's the type of guy that uh, if if he's something, he's going to make the best out of any situation he's got. So to him, it doesn't matter what happens. He's still going to coach. He's still going to get in there, and he's still going to coach his players up. I think, sure, you know, if they cut out some of his preseason games, it's going to affect him. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to change the way he coaches at all. I think he's going to coach the same way. I think he uh, he's just going to take things in stride, and, and that's kind of his attitude, too. If you know him, he's kind of the guy who just, okay, that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. We're going to do the best we can. And in this situation right. right now, that's the kind of coach you got to have. About, uh, about 45 seconds left, Heath. Give our listeners an update. I know you got some exciting things personally coming up. Uh, your, your recovery has uh, continued to, to do well. Just kind of bring our listeners up to where you are health-wise. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Luke. I'm about three weeks away from walking again. Worked really hard to get there. So, uh, you know, thanks to everybody for the thoughts and the prayers and Southern Miss community and everybody else. Uh, just excited uh, to get back on my feet and, uh, you know, can't wait for football season to start to get back to the rock to uh, cover some Southern Miss football. All right, Heath, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you always. Uh, look forward to having you, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back next week. Hey, thank you, guys. God bless y'all. Have a good day. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. I think we're back on square, Luke. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thanks to Heath Hinton of Big Old Nation for joining us in those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi on 4th Street. Great lunch, great place, great people. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Kelly Sander, joining us on the phone. Um, Bob, I want to go back to one thing that Heath Hinton said. We were talking about incoming freshman, uh, the Belton kid at basketball. 6'10", 
275 pounds, and Heath said he had 3% body fat. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Kelly may be more of an expert days. on that, 3% body fat. Are you, Kelly? Well, but we'll put together, I've got 97% body fat, but together, <laughs> we... <laughs> That, that that's your answer right there. You know? Oh, I love it. Oh, man. I love it. Kelly, uh, Big 12 announcing their schedule last uh, of the uh, Power 5 conferences to do it. Tell us about it. Well, they're going to they're gonna play their nine-game conference schedule and then kind of go outside the box from some of the other conferences and play one additional game. Now, what in the world is significant about one extra game i have no idea and then the question becomes if you've already you already had your schedule set for months now which of those non-conference games are you going to play and which of the schools that you already had scheduled that you're not going to play are going to sue you right (laughs) and has anyone come up with an answer to my question what is the difference between playing 10 games and 12 games how does that how does that help you fight COVID-19, Kelly Sander? Well, the only, I mean, the only thing I can think of, Bob, is that you, there's two less opportunities to to mix it up and be infected, you know, from other teams or, or vice versa. But your point is, is well taken. If you really want to to cut down on the opportunity to be infected, you don't play at all. Right. Um, That's right. And, and, yeah, we mentioned a couple of shows ago that that more and more that you you know you hear these news reports that are um, you know that that the vaccine is coming along quicker than they thought, and there's some speculation that as of you know maybe late October even this year in a couple months that the vaccines might start becoming available, which would certainly you would certainly think then that spring would be a safer play um, because even even the vaccine news early on was that, you know, January or even as late as February, maybe a vaccine would be, you know, more widely available, which would certainly, again, make the spring a safer play. But the difference between 10 and 12 games, I, I don't have any idea. And this nine plus one, I guess the idea of the plus one is so that if you had an in-state rival like uh, an Iowa State's the Big 12, which is used them say they wanted to play their annual game with Iowa, they would be allowed to do that. However, Iowa's in the Big 10, and the Big yeah. 10 has said they're playing conference games only. Hmm. Well, so, here's how it, it spells out. So, like, Oklahoma, per se, they were playing Tennessee in Week 2. That's canceled. They're not going to play the August 29th game against Missouri State. But they are going to go to Army September 26th. Now, the bone I got to pick with your Iowa State Cyclones, Kelly, is that the one game they will not have to cancel, but the game they should cancel is the October 17th homecoming day. They scheduled Oklahoma for homecoming. <laughs> What's that about, Kelly? Well, now, nobody nobody ever said we were the brightest crown. <laughs> Maybe uh, let's you know, get I don't know that one. Um, Kansas wasn't available. I mean, you know, <laughs> got to go to Lawrence this year. Oklahoma, Oklahoma for homecoming. Not going to be a great dance after the game, Kelly. Well, with COVID, I don't know that there's going to be a dance anyway, Bob. So you know. just no slow dancing, right? 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, but, but a so, team that again, may profit off of this, Texas, or I'm sorry, UTEP, our friends at UTEP, Uh-oh. because Texas is is supposed to play South Florida week one. May not happen. Week two, they were to go to LSU. That game's canceled. Right. Who's the only possible non-conference game left for the Longhorns? Our good buddies at UTEP on September 19th. Hmm. Might want to check that social media. I'm sure it's very active, Kelly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's blowing up right now. I'm sure the minor fans are <laughs> up. <laughs> and let me guess, that's homecoming at Texas? Too early. No. Oh, well. Uh, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know that anything is too early this season, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand why, why the Big 12 has decided to, to kind of run rogue here and kind of do their own thing. And, again, who are you going to play mm-hmm. in that extra game, especially if all these other conferences uh, have said they're only going to play their conference schedule. So that ought to make for some, some that interesting – Power five, though, gr- group of five it- – with Sunbelt said it the other day, basically the same thing Conference USA said. Uh, Judy McLeod's going to let any Conference USA team schedule whatever non-conference games they were. So if, if Texas, their only non-conference option is UTEP, Conference USA is going to let uh, UTEP go to Texas and play that game. And they should because UTEP should not have to miss out on million, million and a half. The rest of us are going to miss out with the SEC and others canceling. So the Big 12, I mean, in, in a few cases, it may help a couple of Conference USA teams. Yeah, and I mean, every dollar counts, especially now. But it certainly leaves a bunch of other teams, you know, in a lurch. And and the discussion now is because is, we still haven't heard, we, you know, we don't know who's going to play who on what dates. And we still don't know precisely how many people are even going to be allowed to go to the games, to be in the stadium, if any at all. Right. That hadn't been discussed at all, has it? No. Whether they're going to allow fans, and if you're not going to allow fans, what's the point? All right, look, let me ask you this question, uh, Kelly, and, and Luke, you can hop in on this too. Uh, at 2 o'clock this afternoon, the head of the Mississippi State Health Department, Dr. Uh, Dobbs, is uh, supposed to make an announcement pertaining to school. He indicated earlier in the week that he didn't think going back to school right now was such a great idea. How, how can his how, – how do you think – Whatever decision he makes today, Kelly, regarding the return to school will affect high school football. Well, the existing rules, Bob, as they are written, is that if schools are open, then extracurricular activities, not just football, but, you know, cross country and and drama and choir, you know, what at the band, those all are allowed to continue if the school is open. But if schools are closed, then no extracurricular activities are allowed as well. All right, mm-hmm. so let's back up to the, you know, open. What, what defines open? All right, if they go to online classes, I guess theoretically school would be open. The building may not be, but school would be open. That is, kids would be participating in classes, albeit virtually. So that's what it's going to come down to, is what, mm-hmm. is, what do you mean by open? And again, if they're open, then all extracurricular activities are on. And if if school is off or closed, no extracurricular 
extracurricular activities. That's the way it's written now. Well, now, Luke, let, let's look at Jones County for a second. When is school scheduled to start back in Jones County, and when is the first high school football game scheduled? So they were spo- they're supposed to start Friday, and that's high school, middle school and high school. Elementary school age children go August 24th. August 28th is Jamboree week, which would normally be week two. So now week one has been pushed back to September 4th. So theoretically, they could put school off for another two or three weeks and then then, then allow school to open and everything could proceed as scheduled in September, right, guys? Well, the problem with right, that, though, it, Bob, the problem with that is if the school isn't open, they can't even practice. Oh, okay. Okay, so no activities at all if the school's closed. Hmm. What a mess, guys. What a mess. Is my understanding. This is, this is just coming down yeah. the pipe, guys, and I'm not sure if this is what we were looking forward to Dr. Dobbs uh, announcing or if they're going to make another announcement. But Dr. Dobbs, as of five minutes ago, has issued a statewide order for isolation of individuals diagnosed with COVID-19 effective immediately. What that means is if you've been diagnosed with COVID-19 and you aren't self-quarantining, now it is punishable by law. Uh, it's a misdemeanor um, to obey the lawful order of a health officer, $500 fine or imprisonment of six months. But if a life-threatening disease is involved, so in this case because of COVID-19 it would be, to break that order would be a felony, $5,000 fine up to five years in prison. So this is just coming out from Dr. Dobbs. Persons infected with COVID-19 should limit exposure to household contacts. No visitors allowed in the home. Please stay in a specific room away from others in your home. Use a separate bathroom. So that happening about six minutes ago from Dr. Dobbs. Well, guys, and the weirdness continues. We're going to have Jeremy McLean on the show Friday. He'll give us, hopefully, an update on Southern Miss football and maybe some scheduling news as well. That's Friday. Athletic Director Jeremy McLean uh, scheduled for the first half hour of the show. More with Kelly Santer when the Eagle Hour continues right after this. To the top. Four segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. We greatly appreciate uh, the support of Toyota of Hattiesburg, bringing you the Eagle Hour every single day. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander joining us on the phone. Just to recap, Mississippi State Health Officer Thomas Dobbs in the last 15 minutes has issued a statewide order for isolation of people diagnosed with COVID-19. What that means is anyone that has been diagnosed with COVID-19 is now under a statewide order to quarantine, uh, no visitors in the home, and those are punishable by law and fines. 
Uh, you can just uh, you can Google it or, or go on Twitter. Uh, the news story is breaking that now. Also expecting Governor Tate Reeves uh, in an hour or so to kind of uh, make an announcement, uh, a plan about reopening schools. The uh, different school districts from around the state have adjusted it. Jones County still uh, looking to this Friday, but expect some news from the governor here in about an hour or so. Kelly, uh, one schedule has been adjusted. Your favorite, beloved Indy 500. It had already been moved from May because of uh, COVID, now scheduled for Sunday, August 24th. And the plan, since Roger Penske bought the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, was to have the greatest uh, single-day sporting event to have fans in the stands. So they were going to go to maybe 50% capacity. Then they lowered it to 25% capacity. Well, about an hour ago, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, surprise, surprise, has said that uh, things are not better with the spread of COVID. So no fans will be allowed at the greatest spectacle in racing on August 24th, the first time ever that the race will be run, but it will be run without fans. That breaks the streak for how many for you? 47 in a row. Really? Yeah. So you started going when you were in your early 30s? Is that correct? I mean, my word. Uh, 29, I think. Yeah, 29, yeah. Yeah. And Kelly baseball continues to struggle, doesn't it? Well, the ratings are not great. Uh, that's for sure. The NBA and Major League Baseball, the 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 ratings are are not what you know. We we thought that initially when these games were going to be televised, that because there was nothing else to watch, mm-hmm. that people would be watching in record numbers. But mm-hmm. that has not been the case. I don't no. know if it has to do with you know fans being in the stands or the lack of fans or. Uh, you know, some teams being able to play and some is being, some being sidelined because of COVID. The St. Louis Cardinals now acknowledging 13, um, 13 players, you know, testing positive. So, yeah, ratings ratings are not good for the NBA or, or Major League Baseball. You know, this is, a, this is a, it, an interesting time for all sports, Kelly, because, you know, what you just said, we just assume people would flock back to the TV. But, you know, it's possible that uh, over the past few months, people have, A, learned to live without sports, and, B, have things in a different perspective now with COVID-19. And maybe in the eyes of a lot of fans, sports are not quite as important right now uh, in lieu of whatever, you know, with what everything that we're all dealing with. Or a combination of the two, right, Bob. right? You know, maybe just maybe maybe you just take a mental checklist of where your life is at this point, and have to reassess if it if it is worth it. But that's that's why I thought, and I made a comment on the air here that I thought that Major League Baseball felt it was necessary for them to play this right. year because again, if fans realized, oh, I can do without baseball, that it would only hurt things. Now, right. the only there's only one sport that has not been affected by the ratings, and that's tele, televised golf. And the PGA Championship, the first of the four majors, you know, as it turns out, with all this COVID rescheduling, uh, it actually tees off on Thursday morning. So golf is the only sport that hasn't been Bob affected too much. Bob naps. Yeah. Well, I, I hate to bring this up, and, and we'll just touch on it and move on, but there hasn't been as much social justice activity in golf as there have been some of the other major sports, Kelly. And I, I think that we're kind of – Kind of ignoring the elephant in the room if we, if we act like that may not be part of this whole combination. 
So you th- you think that the reason fans haven't been watching is because they just want to watch sports and not political? Commentary? Well, I think some. I won't say all, but I think there are a lot of people that feel that way. You just we just want to separate sports from politics, and you can get away from politics when you can sit down and watch a ball game. You know that's uh, that's all the tell, great thing about sports. I'll tell you guys one a great story of social justice. Twenty seven years ago, a twenty six year old player for the Chicago White Sox charged the mound and met the Ryan Express. Robin Ventura got hit with Nolan Ryan on this day 27 years ago. Hot shot outfielder for, or infielder for the White Sox. Nolan Ryan, at 46 years old, grabbed him, put him in a headlock, and pretended to hit him five times in the head. Yeah, It was an old-fashioned beatdown. It was the last uh, season of Nolan's uh, career. He stayed in the game because when you pitch seven no hitters, you can do that. And he threw the rest of the game hitless. Twenty-seven years ago today. And here's well, the. I, I will say this: I'd rather take a fist from from Nolan Ryan across the head rather than a couple of fastballs. Right. And head. Kelly, here's the lesson in all of that: Don't mess with us, old guys. Old age and treachery will always be endearing. <laughs> old men cheat. That wraps it up, guys. Jeremy McLean on the show Friday. We'll have a lot of good guests between now and then. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.